to the Work Wonders podcast brought to you by Asta HR, where we simplify the human side of your business. I'm Angela. And I'm Susan. Let's dive into today's episode and find out what you've been wondering about. In today's episode, we're kicking off season three and we're going to be answering some questions that you've submitted to us. Our questions that we have today are around employee entitlements and also some questions around recruiting. So let's get started. This is the Work Wonders podcast. So as usual, we're going to kick off with some Q&A, frequently asked questions. Now one that's come up for me lately, and I'm hoping you will have some insights into it, is time and loo. Okay. So I've had a business owner ask, I've got staff who's saying they should be entitled to time and loo. Do I have to give them time and loo? And how does that even work? Well, as always, I'd say check your award because each award can have different conditions depending Mm -hmm. what industry you're in. But generally speaking, no, you don't have to offer time off in loo. There are certain, you know, boundaries within hours. So when a a person might work full time, for example, they'll work up to 38 or 40 hours a week depending on your situation. And if they work more than that, usually what applies is overtime penalty rates for the for, the, for doing yeah, that. Sure. So the agreement that would happen with time off is, okay, I won't pay you the overtime, but I'll give you time off in lieu of that overtime payment. So presumably you would only do that with the agreement of the employee. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it should come from you as well as the employer. Like it, it should benefit, well, maybe not benefit, but it should be something that you're happy with. Mm. Um, it certainly shouldn't be something that the employee says, I worked extra hours and so I should get that entitlement and they shouldn't be the one to decide oh, I'm just going to stay back an hour this today and finish off something and I'll finish an hour hour earlier tomorrow. And I think as a business owner or manager, you need to think of it as being like overtime. So ideally you'd have a policy in place. Absolutely. So everyone's on the same page, they all know what the rules are around it. And, you know, your policy may just say we don't give time in lieu, we only pay overtime. It might, yeah. But if you think about overtime, your employee is never in a position to say I'm going to work overtime, therefore you will pay me or give me time in lieu. You're right. It's always at the business owner or manager's direction. Yeah, so it really starts with a discussion or designing the job, you know, so having that discussion with someone and saying, this is the way we work around here. These are your hours. This is my expectation of you and, and being upfront about what would happen and when you might require that. There might be times that you ask them to stay back mm. and what will you do in that case, but maybe you won't and just being very upfront about that. And as you're saying about the design of the job too, if it turns out that you have someone who's regularly doing overtime yeah. or required to do overtime, then you really probably have to go back to tours and see what's in that job Something that's causing that wrong. to happen. Mm, agreed. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Great. All right. Question for you now, Susan. Oh. <laughs> this is a good one. It's right up early. What can a recruiter do for someone? What's the point? What's the point of recruiters? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> where Why can we I start? Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because yeah. I think for a lot of um, people in small business or not-for-profit organisations, it's easy, easy to think that you'll do the recruitment in-house mm. because that will save you money. And there's a lot of reasons why you might think that. And one of those is probably because of the percentages that – 
year here of recruiters charging yeah. before we came in air, before we came on air just now you said you know you've heard 25 percent yeah, of first year yeah. salary recently and I'm sure it goes higher in some industries mm. and in a tight market and facing an economic downturn that's mm. that can be a lot of money it can be if you think of a basic salary or well, what's the word basic that might not know. be the right word <laughs> exactly <laughs> it can be if you think of you know let's say a salary of fifty thousand dollars per annum yeah is that at least twelve and a half grand yeah that you're you're forking out to get that person so in terms of using recruiters then there's you know different options obviously in the market. Astor HR provides services so yeah here's a disclaimer. Yes. <laughs> I guess. Um, and the way that we do it is on a set price. That's right yeah. But rather than going into the pricing the packaging there are other organisations who offer these services yeah. at a set price as well. I think it's useful for business owners to know what is this recruiter going to do mm. that I can't do myself. Mm. Mm. So there's Quite a lot, really, when you look into it, when you know what happens behind the scenes. And in the current labour market and skill shortages, there's certain things a recruiter can do for you that you can't actually achieve yourself just by putting an ad in the local paper or on Seek or wherever you choose to advertise. Mm. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Some of the things you were talking about. Oh, yeah. So uh, I call it passive candidates. So seeking out those passive candidates that you might not be um, able to just get in touch with if you're just someone that's, you know, posting an ad. Um, Recruiters have special tools they can use to reach out to those people. Often passive candidates are people that aren't necessarily looking at ads 24-7 and applying. Probably not. Yeah, it's about... Some of them haven't even thought of moving until you come come along and talk to them and say, well, have you thought this could yeah. be something for you? Yeah, absolutely. So there's certainly tools like that as well. Being a recruiter, you have a unique position that you can talk on behalf of the employer, but you're not the employer. So that really affords a relationship between candidate and recruiter where you can have a really frank discussion. Mm-hmm. At, okay, if this is the right role for you, tell me what it is about this role and tell me what other jobs you're, you're going for. What do we need to be doing to get you on board for this role if it's quite competitive, which it is at the moment, mm-hmm. um, and things like that. So they'll open up a lot to a recruiter I've experienced. Yeah, so that can save a lot of time yeah, absolutely. in the long run, can't it? Don't need to waste your time. If you're a small business owner and you're hiring a recruiter, they're going to not just be advertising for you. They're going to be tapping into that passive job market. They can um, screen candidates for you, sure they can. can do telephone interviews yeah. for you, mm-hmm. uh, you might ask them to sit on a panel when you get it to face-to-face interviews, Yeah, they might do psychometric assessments mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of tools and experience mm. that recruiters have access to that as an average small business employer you won't yeah. have access to. And, there's that and that's what you're paying for basically. Absolutely. <laughs> There's that all saying too that, you know, even though you're the business owner, um, you're not necessarily an expert in all areas of business and sometimes it feels like you got to be. Yeah, true. <laughs> when you're the, you know, the head honcho. But, um, you know, leaning on the expert of someone like a recruiter or an HR professional um, can support you if you're not feeling confident with how to interview or how to assess a person's application and know really 
what's lying sitting behind something in on paper. Yeah, and I think I just thought something you said then just reminded me of something else that a recruiter can do for you, and that is to be make you really clear mm. about who you're looking for. Oh, great! Yeah. So yeah, what is you know you need someone to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. But what sort of person is that? And yeah. a recruiter can advise you on the skills and the experience of a person who might be able to do that job that you mm. you want. And it helps you to be very clear in defining what the job is. Yeah, yeah. Getting on to then, you know, we might have picked someone. <laughs> There's actually a lot of subsidies available at the moment for employing new people. There is, And yeah. employing trainees mm-hmm. and... I think you know a lot more about those than I do. So <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, sure. Um, so the government do offer financial subsidies when you're hiring certain types of people or in certain industries. So that can take the pressure off if you're in a small business especially and you're finding it already tough um, to afford a person's wage in that first little part maybe. But um, things that I'm speaking of are like an apprenticeship or traineeship support. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're taking on someone in that capacity, there are um, certain financial subsidies attached to that. So when you go about, you know, setting up an official contract with someone in an apprenticeship centre, then they will support you with that sort of application. And that can look like a number of different ways, but um, it's just basically support financially in the early stages and sometimes a little bit further on um, as well over the time of that traineeship or apprenticeship. The other one is just a wage subsidy and depending on the age of the candidate or employee that you're taking on um, and a couple of other factors as well, like what industry you're in and what the role is, there's some qualifying factors of course, but again, that can be a financial benefit to you uh, depending, there's lots of different ones, so I'm just trying not to generalise for you, but there's some generally at the beginning, you get sort of a lump sum and then sometimes again, somewhere down the track or multiple times down the track. Okay, so that's actually really useful information mm. if you, you're you running a small business or not-for-profit. You really um, need to know where to find this information. So, Angela, you've put together a bit of a guide, haven't Lucky you? Lucky for you, yes. We have, <laughs> we have it all on one piece of paper. Well, it's more than one page. No, I've seen it. It's more than one piece. But it's one. Paper. Sorry, people. <laughs> one downloadable. Um, but, yeah, you're welcome to access that on our website. So go to astahr.com.au and you can um, download that for free. Yep. And uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Are you enjoying the Work Wonders podcast? We started it to help people just like you. If you have questions, please send them through and we'll make sure we cover them in future episodes. So we've been talking about how tight the labour market is at the moment and how hard it is to find good people. A question that I get quite a bit is how do we attract people to us? What incentives can we be offering for them to to join our organisation. There's a range of different things. I'll I'll sort of underline everything or put a a line in the sand, I guess, by saying a lot of what's going to be attractive to an individual candidate depends on that candidate. (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) So you may offer study leave, for example, but that might not be something that your ideal candidate would want. Maybe this, again, means go back to finding out what you want in your ideal yeah. candidate. So it's a bit of a circular argument. But do you have some other ideas, Angela, for things that can make a job more attractive? Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going back to a really frank discussion with the candidate and knowing what is a motivating factor for them. Mm-hmm. 
So not just, oh, I need something to do every day and I need some money. <laughs> <laughs> but what are they here for? You know, what's attaching them to this job specifically, mm. not just, you know, any job. So that's definitely an important one. But if you know that, then you know you're sort of armed with that info to know what's going to attract them some more. It's something that I've heard of is a sign-on bonus. So yes. if you're feeling like you've got someone who might have, let's say, two offers on the table and one of them's yours and you want them to hopefully choose you and not the other person, a sign-on bonus is a one-off financial payment um, or bonus, if you like, for taking on or accepting um, your offer employment of employment um, instead of somebody else's. And so that can be obviously an attracting thing for some people. And related to that, we know that some of our listeners are in regional areas. So keep in mind something like a really relocation assistance. Oh, yeah, it's a great idea. Mm. You know, for the right candidate, it'd be worth forking out that extra money to help them get settled in your community. And sometimes it's just as simple as allowing some flexibility in their working hours or in where they work. Mm. And we're finding that a lot now, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Post-COVID, people go, oh, well, I know I can work from home. I'm all set up there. (laughs) Uh, So that's something for you to consider as well. Mm. Yeah, it it might be for some people – look, I need to drop the kids at school. Can I just start a little bit later Mm. or finish a bit earlier and do some hours from home? Other people that might be, look, can I do four days, not five? Yeah. That sort of thing. So again, like for what you said at the beginning, it's not the same for everybody. So understanding what that individual person might be looking for. And I think that's what we're saying really in this market. If you find someone that you want, then be willing to, you know, work around what they need. Oh yeah. If that's the right person for you. Which leads me into something else that always concerns me when we have these discussions about, you know, how do you attract people to come and work with you? Yeah. If you've already got a workforce, <laughs> you need to be particularly now doing everything you can to keep them there. Oh gosh, yeah. That's the other half of it, isn't it? Yeah. And a very important part. Um yeah. It's about keeping them once you've got them and, and certainly the people who are already on board, which is what you're saying yeah. there. Um, yeah. So um, in terms of that, I think uh, we'd refer you to some earlier episodes yeah. where we've talked around those we did, sort yeah. of things. Yeah. And so, Susan, our last question is around new legislation that's coming up. So we have a listener saying, I keep hearing about new legislation affecting employers. Is there something I've missed? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. <laughs> Well, if you're asking that now, yes, there's quite a bit that you've missed, <laughs> sorry to say. Um, since the change of government, mm. there's been a lot, hasn't it? Quite really a bit. Been, really <laughs> yeah. been a lot. Um, and that's going to be the core of a lot of our discussions in this yeah. season, actually. Yeah, uh, great. Come to think of it. Um, but just to give you some ideas of what's changed... Let me refer to my notes. (laughs) You might have heard bits and pieces in the news. Um, So, for example, already in place now are things like you can't demand pay secrecy in a contract. And I know we looked at something recently that actually had that clause in it. Yes, you're right. Yeah, so um, that's one thing that's already in place. And that's coming from the Secure Jobs Better Pay Yes, that's right. right? Yeah, so there's a whole lot of things that come under that that have to do with changing things related to job security and gender equity. Mm -hmm. So we'll um, you'll notice things coming through that. So there's new protected attributes under the Fair Work Act. Mm -hmm. So no need to 
worry about what that means, but it just means that there's more, uh, you can't discriminate against people for uh, breastfeeding in the workplace, mm-hmm. for the gender identity of their intersex status. We did an episode or two last year about mm-hmm. inclusion and diversity and discrimination. So um, refer back to those if you'd like more information on that. So it sounds like these things will be phasing in over time. Yeah, well, for most people they will be, but the the legislation's in place and yeah. they, you know, they're should be happening now. Uh, there's been changes made to how bargaining happens mm-hmm. and also to agreements. Okay. But I'm thinking that doesn't affect most of the people we know are listening. You're right. Yeah, that's more when you go up to industrial agreements and that sort yeah, of thing. So yeah, so if we um, – we will come back to that probably in yeah. another episode. Uh, then there have been – what <laughs> – well, there's, <laughs> there's quite a lot, actually. You're so, right. for example, you can't advertise an ad, um, this is since January, that actually has pay rates that wouldn't fit in with the Fair Work Act, yep. work act or, yep. or an award. So you need to be careful about that. You know, uh, We, I think, I would, uh, hopefully you would as well, mm-hmm. we're happy for people to put pay rates in their job oh, ads. Absolutely. That's always a good idea, I think. However, you'd want to make sure that it's in line with whatever oh, yes. applies in your industry. And certainly should be the case with what you're paying them too. So, yeah, yeah that seems fair. Yeah. So, since the beginning of March, mm-hmm. there's been a positive requirement on uh, employers to prevent sexual harassment in the yeah. workplace. So, that was the human rights legislation. Yeah, change, so yeah. we'll be talking about that mm-hmm. in a future episode, no doubt. Mm-hmm. And then coming up in June. Yes. <laughs> How are you taking me forward? But go ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's so much. Um, there's going to be more changes to agreement making. Yeah. Um, and this is about agreements as you're going through the bargaining process rather than agreements that are already in existence. Okay. Um, there's ex- changes that are going to be extending the unpaid parental leave. Mm-hmm. So that needs to be taken into account. And also more employees are going to have access to flexible work agreements. Mm -hmm. Not surprising. Yeah. So you need to be conscious of when it's reasonable or not reasonable to allow someone to work flexibly. And uh, no doubt we'll be covering up on that as well at some point. And then uh, what else is in the uh, later in the year? Oh, yes. December is the fixed term contracts changes come in. So that will... Anyone who has people who are on short-term contracts... That will be ended. That's all going to change. You can't continue those on and on and on and on. Yeah, that's right. So um, no doubt we'll take a close look at that at some point during the year. One thing that wasn't on my list, which came into play 1st of March? No, 1st of February, sorry. 1st of Feb, yeah. Family and domestic violence leave paid. Yes, so that was for organisations with 15 or more employees. And then if you're, you've got fewer employees, then it's the 1st of August. Yeah, so small businesses, if you've got 1 to 14, um, you're, you've got a bit more time up your sleeve. You're not till the 1st of August. Yeah. And we'll be doing our – actually, our next episode will be about paid family and domestic violence leave. Which – make sure you're listening because <laughs> every employer needs to know about this. Yeah. So I think that's 
I could see why an employer <laughs> would be going, I've heard a bit about this yeah, and that because there seems to be something every day. And then there's all the um, court cases that are going through at the moment about underpayments and things like that. So um, mm. you really need to be on your toes with all this stuff happening. Yeah. Well, that's why we're here, actually. <laughs> We're going to have a big year, aren't we? We are. (laughs) But we'll be here with you trying to help you get through all this. Yeah, and we'll unpack these things as they come about. Like you said, some of those things aren't till June or July or so on. And so we'll start to unpack them in more detail in individual episodes. Yeah. So please keep sending us your questions. Yeah, please do. Because then we know what you need to know about and that helps us. We'll bring you what you need. So we'll make the show notes for today's uh, episode available on our website. So if you wanted to access those, go to workwonderspodcast.com.au. And if you think someone else would benefit from today's information, please feel free to share the episode with them. Mm